Blog Talk Radio. And now to honor America, especially the brave men and women serving our nation in the Persian Gulf and throughout the world, please join in the singing of our national anthem. The anthem will be followed by a flyover of F-16 jets from the 56th Tactical Training Wing at MacDill Air Force Base and will be performed by the Florida Orchestra under the direction of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston. person who believed that he would is 
Donald Trump and my brother, who actually predicted this years ago. So my brother and I don't always see eye to eye. He did say that, and he explained his rationale for his comments years ago, and pretty much everything he said is happening. So, uh, you know, I'm the younger brother. There's always competition with uh, boy brothers, and especially the younger. So on this note, I have to say and give a big prop to my older brother, because That is out the way. <laughs> uh, the topic of our show today is the Confederate flag comes down and Donald Trump surges. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Our Own Voices Live today. Uh, this should be a lively show, especially as Donald Trump is actually right here in Las Vegas speaking, I believe, right now. And I'm recording it, so obviously I won't be able to hear it. I might be able to take a glimpse of it every once in a while. But he is in our city speaking now. And then from there, he's going to Arizona, where reportedly he's had to get a larger venue because they're expecting even more people than he initially anticipated. And Donald has never been short on what he expects for himself. So there is something going on, and we want to explore that a little bit today in the show. And of course, we had a huge event, and I believe a victory for this country as well as for black people that happened this weekend. That was really the taking down of the Confederate flag. And I know some people seem to be trying to snatch the victory away. In other words, they're trying to snatch the feet out the jaws of victory And I don't understand it. Maybe you all can shed some light on it for me. And I hope that you will. And give us a call at area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, because I would like for someone to explain that to me. I see it as a victory. I'm very happy to see it come down. It was a discussion at length yesterday at our gathering. Uh, We had young and not so young in attendance. So I uh, want to talk about that as we get into the show. A little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And we go about doing that with shows like Our Own Voices Live, which, of course, is a spinoff of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. Community events like the annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Candlelight Vigil, we do open mics to give our young people a chance with consciousness to express themselves, and not always young people either. And I appreciate all the support. And, of course, with our flagship of events being the and your Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil, also to include the gathering, which happens every Friday. First through fourth Friday is at Nevada Partners, the Westside Bistro, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard in North Las Vegas. And on the fifth Friday of each month, we have a fifth Friday this month in July, July 31st, actually the last day, will be held at TC's Rib Crib. And big shout-out to TC's Rib Crib for hosting us last week, the 4th of July weekend, 
because we had a nice group of folks there, a wonderful crowd, great discussion. And, you know, I say when white people start ear hustling in a conversation that's dealing with a lot of black topics and then say that they're impressed with what they hear, heard, we might be making some progress with them. So a uh, big shout-out to PCs for hosting us and with its uh, group of folks that come to eat their food and also to digest some intellectual food, oftentimes from the black side, which should be the American side. Well, I Want Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for our East Coast listeners. A big shout-out to all my East Coast listeners, those in the shy, the folks in the D. Yes, the D as in Detroit, the 313 doing the thing. Of course, my homies back in the Big Apple, specifically Brooklyn, and all my family back in North Carolina and South Carolina. And we're going to see how that all ties in to our discussion today. Of course, there could be no Our Own Voices live if it was not for the suggestion, the direction, the nudging, pushing, pulling, and maybe swift kick from time to time from my wonderful co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hey, Rodney. Hey, world. Hey, young world. Man, what a Saturday, Rodney. So much going on. Our city is in, in national spotlight again. We got the Donald in the building down there on the strip. Uh, doing Speaking the at uh, Freedom Fest. Uh, right now, I As wish I could have been there. And I know, right? I want to see just who is there. If nothing else, and I want to see it for my own eyes. Uh, I would love to see what is the response to Donald, uh, Donald Trump, when he speaks. I would like to know: Are there any protesters out there? Are there any people out there counter-protesting? What's the chant like? Uh, I would just like to see, what does he look like? Does he look like he's serious? I mean, I believe he is. I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, he looks very serious. He looks pretty tan, and you know how Donald do. Got the comb over together. It's it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) He's got all the signature Donald Trump trademarks popping. So, you know. Um. Mr. Trump yesterday was in Los Angeles. There was a uh, handful of protesters uh, from the Latino community there to uh, greet him. My, uh, the story I got a chuckle out of yesterday when I got home to turn on the news was uh, there's a $100 pinata that you could get that, um, you know, the the young entrepreneurs, it looks just like Donald Trump, complete with the comb over, and they filled it with trash so that when you beat it, it's trash coming out of his mouth. It was hilarious. I'm like, this is genius. And Donald would love that it's not cheap. It's $100. So <laughs> sort of the best of all worlds, I guess. Well, Donald is about uh, making money, so there's a bunch of people, I'm guessing, that's making money off of that uh, and the only thing is I wish I would have thought of it so I could make half a many millions that it's going to make I'm sure for a garbage pill pinata I know that's pretty uh, only in America that's all I'm, I'm going to take it from uh, our our good boxing buddy famous promoter 
uh, only in America, only in only in America. And you know, to be if you think about only in America and that boxing buddy that you mentioned, we're talking about Don King here. When I think oh, yeah. of Don King, or when I see Donald Trump, when I see either one, I tend to think of the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are kind of similar. The, the hair, the build, the bombastic rhetoric. There is there is definitely something that resonates in my brain when I look at one because <laughs> the other always comes to mind. Don and Donald, they might be brothers from another mother. Who knows? <laughs> ooh, ooh, Angela, you did not say that. I did. That's you know. <sighs> well, this is may the games begin, people. The. Uh, Run for the White House has definitely started. Uh, GOP has what two hundred people running for the office at this point, and, <laughs> and counting, <laughs> and counting. And, uh, and uh, it, it, I think I'm gonna throw my head in. I don't see why not. I, I don't see why not. You got all a strong VP. Like I can be votes. your VP. We ready? Hey, I, well, all we need is about a hundred votes. I know we got more people that are associated with the gathering than that. I tell you, man, we got us a platform, a base, uh, we, we, and we right down the street from Edelson. I mean, hey, and I'm thinking at least he could point. Should. If he don't give us any money, he could point us in the direction of where the money is. <laughs> Angela, I'm thinking we can carry Nevada. I think we, we can, can do, do it. it. We can take them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Speaking of the gathering, though, I, I do want to say this. We've been doing the gathering for how long, Rodney? About seven years or so. It's seven years every Friday, rain or shine, uh, sickness and in health. It's almost like a, a marriage vow we've taken <laughs> to do this event. And you have, I don't remember you missing a gathering. I've missed a few, but uh, it it always pains me to to miss the gathering because I'm I know I'm always going to miss uh, conversations, uh, great important conversations. But this uh, yesterday's gathering really, you know, with with Sam passing, uh, I really felt yesterday that I could hear Sam and and feel that his suggesting that we do this every week and his prescription of don't come into an environment where there are other people, especially other brown people, other people that look like you, whoever you are, and leave that space without knowing someone that you didn't know when you came into the space. I felt that yesterday, and to have people feel so passionately about what the 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 flag coming down. They felt so passionate about it that they themselves wanted to attend the gathering so that they could talk about it. But they also brought their children. That was pretty incredible to me and it definitely served to put put more air in myself about you know how important uh, important a role we we're playing an important role in the community, providing a space where 
people feel comfortable enough to not only bring themselves and their opinions and their thoughts and their plans and their research and, you know, a multitude of other things, but they're bringing their children now. That's huge. Well, as many people know, uh, Sam was a very important person to both of us and many others at the gathering. As a matter of fact, there would have been no, have been no gathering had it not been for Sam uh, sure. bringing us together and having us meet in this in this central location. The idea was so that yes, when you enter, it was sort of to teach us to be able to reach out beyond ourselves and our circle, which is a brilliant concept. Very simple, but still brilliant. One of the other things that Sam thought was that it's okay for you to have an opinion. Share your opinion, but bring some paper with you to support. To back a thing back up. up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, because the flag is a symbol, I did bring some paper with me, some very important paper to me. And mm-hmm. I shared that paper with the group. And then I shared my story with the group because I wanted those folks who may not have understood why the flag, the symbology of the flag, the symbolism of the flag, Mm -hmm. you know, what that flag means to some people. I thought it was important for them to hear from it because my, my roots sort of split North Carolina and South Carolina because I lived just above, not far above, the North Carolina, South Carolina line, uh, right above Myrtle Beach. And because my great-grandfather was a slave. I said I'm third-generation freeborn, and I hope I'm doing my generational calculations correctly. That's what's been passed down to me, and that's what the paper seems to show. With that being the case, my family was in on a plantation in the Carolinas, in Carolina, because it was just Carolina initial. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge plantation there that my family was enslaved on. And once they were free, they walked about 50 miles north, northeast, and settled where my family still lives today. As a matter of fact, I have a copy of the deed. And it's dated 1880 of yep. my family owning, buying property. That former slave, within 15 years of his freedom, owned a piece of this country. And I, and I say that to show how much that group of people accomplished in such a short period of time with so much stacked against so not to boast about my family, but to talk about the group of people who had been enslaved and after that moved forward and upwards, did not use slavery as a crutch or as an excuse not to do. Didn't forget about it. I mean, they compartmentalized it for sure, and that's what's been passed down to me from the family story. But they used that as a... Uh, jump off, so to speak, uh, as a launch pad to do, and that's what they did. So let's not the history of slavery be a crutch or an excuse for us today 
when there was not a crutch or an excuse not to do for those people who had actually been played. But I did want that paper. I wanted people to be able to touch something because I realized that many folks may not be as close to it to me geographically as well as through their lineage. So I wanted to bring that paper as our uh, and my uh, Jigna would have us to do, bring some paper to support what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things that I did today, and I want you guys to go to the Our Own Voices uh, live Facebook page, because there's a lot of people who keep saying that this is about heritage. It's about heritage. And it's not a heritage of hate, but it's a heritage of the Confederacy and of the South primarily. And I wanted folks to read (laughs) for themselves what that heritage is that they're referring to. Because, yes, it is about the South, and, yeah, I'm sure it's about the heritage. I have no doubt about that. But what is it about the flag, and what is the heritage that they say the flag represents? And I posted a copy. It's titled, Confederate States of America, Declaration of Immediate Causes, which induced and justified the succession of South Carolina from the Federal Union. Because we're talking about South Carolina, and they're talking about their their flag that they like so much, the Confederate flag. It's not the state flag, but it's the Confederate flag. And I say it's not the state flag. That's what I say. It's the Confederate flag. And the reason why I say it's the Confederate flag is how many state capitals do you see the Union Jack flying high? How many state capitals do you see at the beginning of each workday and the end of each workday the rising and lowering of the Union Jack? We they lost those the Revolutionary War. Remember, we just mm-hmm. had uh, the Fourth of July. They lost the Revolutionary War. Their flags came down, and the Star Spangled Banner. Remember, I said I was going to tie that in. The Star Spangled Banner <laughs> went up, and then it goes up and down every day. And then on Memorial Day, it goes up. Then it comes down to half staff. Then it goes back up, and then they take it down at the end of the day. Only only day of the year, you'll see movement in the flag like that. So my question is, if we defeated a whole country, the most powerful country on earth in its day, and then we took their flag down immediately and and replaced it with that Star Spangled Banner, then why on earth would... The United States of America, because even after the succession, that was still what it was, why on earth would the United States of America and a state still fly the colors, the stars and bars, and they, they even call it it's their their battle flag. Why on earth would that battle flag be flying in the United States of America today? Because if it is justified to do that, then I suspect there's a lot of Brits that would like to raise the Union Jack right here. 
347-826-9600. We'd love to hear what you all might think about the flag coming down. And also, we'll, we'll get into Donald Trump. Two different topics, but they're both trending right now everywhere. And Donald is actually here in Las Vegas. Man, I wish, you know, it gets kind of windy here. And I want to <laughs> see what does that hair do. Never mind. So, stay focused. Focus. Okay. Absolutely. You know, um, you're a proud Carolinian, and my grandsons are Carolinians. Um, Yeshia and Mikael, who I've talked about tons of times, um, are, well, Yeshia was born in Chicago, but shortly after he was born, they moved to South Carolina, and Mikael was actually born in, in Hilton Head, South Carolina, where their grandparents still reside. Uh, their grandfather, uh, rest, his, rest his soul, is, you know, that's his final resting place in South Car- Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, so, it was, you know, it's just interesting to watch it from their lens. They were uh, here with me yesterday for a little part of yesterday. And, you know, to hear them, they both know a lot about South Carolina history because they go every year for Christmas as well as some, uh, some portion of their summer break. They go to South Hilton Head, South Carolina, to see their grandmother and um, other family there, aunts, uncles, all of that. And of course, they've been to some of the um, plantations, and you know, just you know how South Carolina is, Rodney. It's filled to the brim with history. Everywhere you, almost every turn, corner you turn, you're Experiencing uh, Geechee history, slave history, it's just all a, a melting pot of of um, history in South Carolina. And my little Mikael, he said, my grandfather would be very happy. He didn't like that flag, and that was based off of you know his experience with his grandfather. And for um, Dr. Orton no longer be with us to have his grandson standing here and having that memory. And this little kid, mm-hmm. it was pretty astounding to me I, where I didn't think, you know, you think your grandkids are too young, you know, maybe they're too young, but um, you have no idea how how these ideas and understandings about the world, these symbolisms, you know, have impressions, how early they have impressions on kids. So it was good that they saw this day, and it was good that he understood that this would be something that his grandfather would be pleased with. So it's a good day. I was well, happy. It was, know, it was an interesting experience. I'm so glad that you mentioned symbols. Because the flag is a symbol. The flag does not mean racism is going away. It does right. not mean bias towards blacks or anybody else is going away. It doesn't necessarily mean a heart, just one heart, was changed yesterday. Not at all. 
What it does mean, though, is those people who reside in South Carolina, specifically those who are black, but others who do not share the pride in that flag and what some mm-hmm. say it represents, they are not spending their tax dollars for a symbol of oppression. They are not those state troopers that go and raise that same symbol every day. They are not those children that have to go and see the symbol of oppression, both black and white, because the black are taught that the government is oppressing them and the whites are taught that they are the ones that are, that it's okay to do so by that symbol. Mm-hmm. So it's a symbol. And let, I just want to read a brief definition of symbol. Something that represents something else by association, resembles convention, especially a material object used to represent something invisible. A print, that's definition number one. And mm-hmm. it's a noun. comes from symbol. Uh, Sam Smith was all into etymology. Etymology. A printed or written sign used to represent an operation, element, quantity, quality, or relation. It can even be a mathematical symbol. From the third definition, which is just as important, this is a psychology, right? An object or image that an individual unconsciously uses to represent repressed thoughts, feelings, or impulses, and they use as a reference a phallic symbol. Hmm. Other definitions are something that represents or stands for something else used by convention or association. can even be something abstract. It can be an end product. Oh, here's a definition. An object, an act of a conflict. This flag was a symbol. And it was a symbol of all those things mentioned. But to funnel it down, it was a symbol of a group of people in a day that wanted to subjugate other people who felt that they were so strongly about it that they were willing to go to war to shed blood so that they could continue to do those things. And the primary thing, and Angela, I want to I hit on this, and then we're going to go back to the symbol. But I do want to hit on this piece right here. For those people who talk about the heritage of the flag mm. and what it means, right? Because we just said it's a symbol. And there's many people, even black people, that said, well, it's a distraction, and we shouldn't be focused on it. What difference does it make? It's a symbol. I just read the definition of the symbol. Now, for those who say it's the heritage, what what I titled it was just what was the Confederacy about and the heritage 
many claim flag represents besides racism. And I just want to read the first paragraph. And there's multiples of these in here. The people of the state of South Carolina, in convention, assembled on the 26th day of April, April. A.D. Mm-hmm. 1852, declared that the frequent violations of the Constitution of the United States by the federal government and its encroachments upon the reserved rights of the state fully justified this state in then withdrawing from the federal union. But in deference to the opinions and wishes of other slaveholding states, but in deference to the opinions and wishes of other slaveholder states, she forbore at that time to exercise this right. Since that time, the encroachment have continued to increase and further forbearance ceases to be a virtue. Did you hear slave-holding state? Heard it. Uh, I'm not so sure what else people need to hear, but they did not leave it at just that. They talked about their sovereign independence. They talked about the various articles. They talked about the oppression of the British. And I find it interesting that they would use the suppression of the colony by the British as a reason when they were doing the same thing to a group of people, my ancestors. How can it be for one, but not be for the rest? Oh, they said my ancestors were not really human. But they were human enough for them to be counted as three-fifths of a person. Three-fifths. So they were worth something as people. They made a whole lot of money. It made a whole lot of people rich. They still living off that money, off that land. Because if you could trace yours back to your great, 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 maybe one more great grandfather becoming free and 15 years after receiving his freedom buying land that you got still own, if it happened your way, if, it swung, if the pendulum swung back your way and facilitated your family to own land, those that already own land and chattel have got to still be receiving the benefits, living on the benefits of those assets. And you bring I up a very wrong, important point. But that's, no, you bring, that's and, an interesting point. And it's not a lot. It's only one great. My great-grandfather was a slave. Mm. Just one great. Great-grandfather. Great-granddaddy Zeno was a slave. So not that far. I also wanted to read something else that I thought was interesting here. 
because this is right here in South Carolina's secession letter. It says, the general government, as the common agent, passed laws to carry into effect these stipulations of the state. For many years, these laws were executed. But an increasing hostility on the part of the non-slaveholding states to the institution of slavery, hostility towards the institution of slavery, has led to a disregard of their obligations and the laws of the general government have ceased to effect the objects of the Constitution. What they're saying, I mean, well, I don't have to tell you, you just, you just heard it. It's, it's about slavery. The Confederacy was about slavery. Now, some people yesterday at the gathering said, well, it was about commerce. And I said, and what, what was the commerce? What was the well, product? Well, it was cotton. <laughs> if it's about commerce, cotton? how was it about commerce? What were they selling? What, 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 was the, what was the product? What was the business? What was this commerce being generated from? Slavery. Slavery. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I just read it. I posted it on the page for all to see. That heritage that they're talking about is the heritage to, to have slaves and not to have anybody tell them that they can't do it. And, it, and all through the document, I wanted to do this because all through the document, it talks about slavery, the heritage. What they're talking about is the non-slaveholding state saying, hey, you need to stop this slavery thing. And those folks down south saying, no, we're not going to do it, and you can't tell us. And if, if you continue, or in this case South Carolina says, since you continue, hey, we're out of this piece. And they left. The first shots of the war happened where? South Carolina. South Carolina. And, you know, it's so interesting. Um, a lot of people, and I don't know where where history goes, why we don't pay attention to it. And, you know, just this is one of those interesting times where you can really see how much People really don't pay attention to history, don't crack the history book, won't even, I guess, Wikipedia it. Because if you can ask, you know, or just think that this was only about economics and not think about what was the base of those economics, it's just very interesting. The economics we- was slavery. The economics was using another people to enrich oneself with no compensation to that people. As a matter of fact, not even to really consider them as people. To dehumanize them so that their religious beliefs would allow them to subjugate another group of humans. That's what it was about. So those people who continually say it's not about hate, it is... There's no separation 
of one from the other. But And then again, maybe they didn't hate black people. They just saw them as chattel. That's it. Chattel. So maybe they're right. Maybe it's not about hate. Maybe they're right. Maybe it was about commerce through slavery. Well, according to the Letters of Succession, commerce through slavery and somebody else who didn't believe in it telling them that they were wrong. Now, there's the heritage. There's the heritage. You can call it something else, but it does not change. And we already read the definitions, and it talks about what the symbols mean and what it does to us on a psychological level. That's it. Nothing, nothing about love in there. Uh, it's about the institution of slavery. And three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Would love to know what you all think on either side of the issue. Uh, I, I'm actually, I wouldn't mind entertaining those on the opposite side than me because I just read what the Confederacy was about. And people said that's their heritage. So what you're telling me is your heritage is a heritage of slavery. And then and slavery. And, and pride, and your pride. And you proud of that. All right, people. Only are you in America. an American or are you a Confederate? Or or are you a Confederate American? Because maybe you are a Confederate American. But remember, in order for the South to come back into the Union, for those soldiers, those people had to sign that they were American citizens and that hmm. they renounced the Confederacy. That's what had to happen. So it says wow. American. Did not say Confederate American. It did not say any other type. Any it, sub anything. It, we didn't we didn't parse it. We didn't team it up with anything else. You know, and it's interesting you bring that up because on Twitter over the last couple of weeks as we have uh witnessed the tragedy of of the nine people losing their lives at Mother Emanuel. Um, some other things have come up in the news cycle, and particularly I remember being on social media when the young lady climbed the flagpole and took the flag down, and how many people were in my news feed, and, you know, celebrating her and calling her a hero and a heroine and, you know, a true freedom fighter and things of that nature. It was perplexing to me, a lot of it, but, you know, hey, okay, whatever brings people to look at the situation and, you know, galvanize a groundswell of support to take the flag down, for real, take it down. Because the other important optic of that moment the young lady taking the flag down for me was seeing her um, arrested by two black officers and two other 
African American federal employees raising that flag back up promptly. I mean, within the half hour, it was all back in place, and it, it was a lot of uh, imagery going with that. But I also read a lot of the comments, and a lot of the comments were, you know, we had the folks saying that this was all a distraction and, you know, this flag coming down doesn't end racism. And that's like, you know, I don't know about the distraction part, but, you know, I agree. The flag does not end racism. If it was that simple, it would have been solved a while ago. Um, But I um, was talking to a group of folks, well, talking within a group of folks, and, you know, a couple of people posted news links to watch the flag, you know, the signing of the flag coming down, and, you know, um, there were several links to watch uh, the governor, Haley, do that. And um, I mentioned how glad I was to see this day. And, you know, a couple of people challenged that. What are you so, you know, why is this such a, you know, why are you so glad? And I'm like, wow, we're so, um, I guess, jaded would be a word that we can't appreciate that there are so many, like, what, a month ago we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the uh, folks that were beaten on the Edmund uh, Pettus Bridge. So many civil rights workers are still here with us, still among us, that have fought. That flag, that flag was raised in 1954, I think, that that legislation came into it, it, no, not in 1954. 54 years ago, I'm sorry, that legislation became, you know, the law of the land to to leave that flag uh, er, erected in in on federal land. And I'm like, are we so technologically advanced that we we are not now we're now not allowed to be happy? to see a success for ourselves and especially for me I haven't marched I haven't done a lot of sacrifice for civil rights I've enjoyed a lot of the fruits of their labor so for me as much as I enjoy seeing it for me and my grandchildren my grandsons who are South Carolinians uh I really enjoyed that victory for the folks who have mugshots, for the folks who spent time away from their families organizing, protesting, making phone calls, organizing uh, uh, transportation for one another to get to and fro uh, work in their commu- you know in their communities, get to the grocery store. Uh, to the folks who really have championed um, the 
folks who petitioned and worked with the NAACP over the last 20 years who have uh, erected sanctions against South Carolina. A lot of people may have forgotten that the NAACP has had uh, sanctions against South Carolina for flying that flag. Um, For all the work and the workers that we have long forgotten, that's who I was smiling for. That's who I was cheering for because they deserve that. And it's sad that it took another nine lives for us to get that done for them. Because as you so eloquently pointed out, Rodney, in black and white, what it was, the fact that legislation came about for it to fly for 50-plus years is astonishing. It's astonishing and it's shameful. And to me, anyone questioning why I'm happy or why anyone would be happy about that flag coming down the other day is shameful. And I, I just don't understand where that thought process even comes from that you would question it. Well, you know, Angel, let's, um, let's talk about some of the reasons that some of the folks gave. And one of the reasons we even had uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan talk about that Star Spangled Banner, and he talked mm-hmm. about what black people have suffered on that. So what's the big deal about taking down the stars and bars when you still have the Star Spangled Banner fly? And I would say, okay, that's a reasonable critique. But what I would say is sometimes small victories lead to bigger victories. And you have to start someplace. So if we're serious about that, let's accept this victory so that people will take us serious and so that our own people will take us serious. And then because right now that, the state of Texas, you're right, Rodney, because right now the state of Texas has some low-hanging fruit, I consider, um, the fact that they've changed their textbooks to not reflect slavery, Jim Crow, um, segregation, the fact that we're right now, that's something that has crossed the press right now in the great state of Texas. I just visited Austin. Uh, the fact that that's going on right now and there's going to be another couple of generations of kids that are now going to have textbooks to point to. We already have a small group that kind of believe that, you know, segregation, well, it it didn't happen or it wasn't that bad. But now they're going to have textbooks to point to and say, see, if it had happened, it would have been in this textbook. I would have learned about it in school. Now's the time to get up and start doing the work of including African and African-American history in the school system the same day that we took down the flag. Was it the same day or the next day, Rodney? Uh, Our Congress was dealing with legislation on the bars and stars and where this image should and could still be 
up. Right now we have, what, seven states that have some version of the Stars and Bars in their, intertwined in their state flag. Plenty of work to be done. Plenty of work still needs to be done. Has it solved racism? No. You know, and what, part of my comment back to the person that questioned me about my happiness and seeing this day was, you know, I don't, can any legislation change a heart? I don't know. I have no idea. None of us do. But does that mean we shouldn't try? I said in a previous broadcast and going to see that presidential library and and looking at uh, LBJ's body of work, for, you know, just being awestruck at his presidential archive, that much work went into his effort to try and stem the tide of pre- of of racism, of of poverty, and all sorts of stuff. But I was impressed at one section of that um, in that presidential library where he, you know, he he openly admitted, I, me and my cabinet, we don't have the slightest idea on how to how to solve racism or poverty. But I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm I'm gonna throw every program I could come up with that the brightest minds around me can come up with to try and stop it. Just because it isn't doesn't mean that it can't be. And doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It also, when you think about Lyndon James Johnson, native Texan, who uh, did his part when I believe he was speaker uh, to not advance legislation for civil rights. So mm-hmm. there was a major transformation. Transformation on one man, yeah. Now, some people call it politics. Okay. I, if it brings about the victory, I'll take it as politics because it's all politics, right? And the politics at the time was that, hey, we need to do something with these black people. Some people say, well, he just did it to get votes. Okay. How about we use that same philosophy today? It's still people that want our vote, and it's still, you know, we still got to vote for somebody. And what about all the work that he did after he had gotten the vote? Because black people and white people, all people, held their feet to the fire and held them accountable. And whether they believed in it or wanted to do it or not, they were made to do it because it was the right thing to do. It happened. And I want what I'm hoping is that folks who folks who said the civil rights leaders let us down, and there's nothing good that came out of the civil rights. I would ask them where are they working today. I would ask them where are they living today. What are they driving? Where do they go to dine? I would ask them those questions. Where do their children go to school? I would ask them that question. What programs are there in the school for their child to take part in? VISTA was a program that his administration put together. VISTA is still an important part of the fabric of America right now. VISTA is a part of the gathering. Um, So who am I? Who are any of us, especially if we're not doing the work? To say what's not going to work, what's a distraction, what's, 
what's, you know, in the negative. And, and you're not out here trying to put no proposal for policy that could at least make an attempt at making a change into the world you want it to be. I mean, I you know, respect, hate them or love them. LBJ did the work for the world he wanted to see, the one he wanted to live about, in. Are we doing that? What I want to see is check marks in the win column. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And if check marks in the win column came from so far, most of the check marks in the win column, and I think it's important to to put this in context, most of the check marks in the win column for black people and literally for civil rights in general have come from the struggles of those people back in the day in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Uh, even things that whether you agree with them or not, the LGBTQQPIXYZ, those things came about, again, whether you like it or not, they used the civil rights struggle as their jump off and basically they just changed a few words around and added some modern technology to it. And look at what they've accomplished. They have check marks in the wind column. The Latino Hispanic community have become so powerful that they got NBC to dump Trump. Just because they were insulted for fear. Just like that. That, yeah. They got their TV network. Oh, by the way, they have a TV network called Univision. They got Univision to dump Trump. There's New York City and state are looking at dumping Trump. Don't get much bigger than that. That's the power of the Latino. They they have stuff in the wind column, and they're adding stuff in the wind column. The LGBTQQPI folks are adding stuff in the wind column. Asian Americans are adding elected officials in local municipalities. And look look at look to see the face of Congress change as more Asians run for office. So Absolutely. those are things in the wind column. In order to advance, in order to get, you know, a goal is a win. You, you don't get the win without scoring points. We need to score points. The flag coming down, you can call it a point. You can call it six points. You can call it two points. It could be a hat <laughs> trick. You can assign whatever pointage you want to it. But it doesn't change the fact that it is a point. And I'm going to take that point. Can you imagine somebody saying, nah, I'm, I don't want that point? Who does that? 347-826-9600. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our topic today is that the Confederate flag comes down and Trump surges in the polls. Uh, if you'd like to join the discussion, the conversation, or you have a question, just have a comment, 347-826-9600. Let us know what you think. Angela, I feel good. I felt so good that yesterday I even changed my attire, and I threw on some red, white, and blue instead of my khaki and black and beige <laughs> and rolled with it. 
did I. Now, I didn't have a red, white, and blue professional attire. There's more reasons to go shopping. So I wore my jean shorts and, and my red, white, and blue jazz shirt. I, I was prepared myself. It was It's a celebration. We cook out for a lot of other, uh, actually, kind of more morbid uh, occasions, honestly. We just celebrated the 4th of July. That's right. And the 4th of July um, was about independence. Yeah. So um, we definitely need to add this one to the to the calendar of days in the future to uh, to celebrate. Everybody isn't as fortunate as you and I. You know, you got land in, in the Carolinas. Uh, I got family and grandboys uh, from the Carolinas. Who would have thunk it, Rodney? Poor little city girl like me. No big mama down south, but I got two grandboys who were Carolinians. That's so, that's nothing but God. That's pretty funny, actually. Um, You know, I joke with you all the time with your southern heritage and coming up and your formative years uh, in the south. And um, I talk with you about, you know, my, I worked in Atlanta, but, that don't count when you go to the airport to the studio, so you don't really get to uh, absorb much of Southern culture. And, you know, Atlanta is such a cosmopolitan city. I, one of my first real, 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 for real, I drove, my husband and I drove uh, my nephew and our, our, young, our second eldest daughter to college. Um, my nephew went to Russ University in Mississippi, and my daughter went to Fort Valley uh, in Fort Valley, Georgia. And so we drove our city selves from Chicago down south, stopped at Russ University, but there was a, a uh, an encounter with the stars and bars in that trip, in the midst of that trip. Uh, we, we had dropped my nephew off at Russ in Mississippi, and we were going from Mississippi to Fort Valley, Georgia. And this was before, you know, uh, any fancy phones and all of that stuff that helps the GPS stuff that helps you out now. We had literally printed out maps to take with us and, you know, bought some maps to make sure we had not been sent off. But we encountered a part in the road, in the in the freeway, where it was a detour. And we were trying to follow the detour, and it was it was dark, you guys. Uh, and I don't know if you guys ever been down south in the dark, where the trees look like dinosaurs in the night, and uh, it's much, at least much to the city kids' imagination, those highways and byways going down south. It's dark. So we tried to follow that detour, and we ended, the detour landed us in a community where both sides of the streets, you guys, each house had the Confederate flag flying. And me and my husband looked at each other in this dark place somewhere in the south. I think we had just crossed over into Georgia. I think we had just arrived in Georgia um, somewhere. And the complete every house that we saw had that flag out front. And I turned to my husband. He turned to me and I said, look, babe, I don't care what's on that freeway. Go back. We have to get back to a populous area. We cannot go no further. I'm not going in there. 
Now, I'm a city kid. I'm from Chicago, right next to Indiana, uh, where there's a huge uh, clan community in the cornfields. Uh, they train every day. Um, but I was scared. And at that point, I hadn't had uh, any down south experience. I, like I said, I had no big mama down south. My big mama, my big mama's mama was born in Chicago. She was the first child to be born in Chicago of her parents uh, when they left uh, Monroe, Georgia, for Chicago after his brother had been horribly lynched. And um, and where was he lynched, Angela? In Monroe, Georgia. Okay. And uh, so, you know, that's, that was my only experience with Down South, but I understood what the Confederate flag meant, and I certainly knew what a neighborhood of Confederate flags meant. I mean, I had to get back on that road and um, take my chances with whatever construction was going on. And we were lucky. I don't even know why they had a detour up because we ended up getting through just fine. Thank well, God. I want, you to talk about, I want you to talk about that. When you saw those flags, because we just read the My heart went in my stomach. I'm going to tell you, I was scared to death. I was scared. My heart dropped to my stomach. I had my husband and my baby in the back seat, and I'm like, what am I getting my child into? Because we are city people. I'm getting ready to leave my child down south in small cha- a small town in Georgia. Fort Valley is not a huge town. Uh, we all are the benefactors of a product that's made. The, the biggest employer at the time in Fort Valley was the Yellow Bus Company. They make the yellow school buses down there in Fort Valley, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was petrified just having heard, you know, some of the stories. Even, the, you know, my elders and my, uh, my, my young people, my, my daughter and my nephews, we gave uh, trunk parties. And I don't know if you're familiar with trunk parties, but those that aren't familiar with trunk parties is when you got a young person going to college. It's sort of like a a baby shower for folks who are going to college. Everybody brings a gift and well wishes and help the young person uh, decorate their dorm room or, you know, checks to help with books or whatever. So we had given each of them a, a trunk party, and after the trunk party we got into the car. But... You know, it wasn't lost on me that my grandmother and um, some of my older aunts were concerned. You sending that baby down to Georgia? He, you sending this baby to to Mississippi? Why are they going to Mississippi? They didn't think that was a good idea at all. We like we were all excited. They're going to uh, historical black colleges, both of them, and you know. But I remember the concern, and, and that was some of the first things that popped to my mind. Oh, my God. My my grandmother and them were concerned about this. And I was concerned to be leaving my child in the South at that point. It hadn't dawned on me, you know, 
I, I think that symbol, you know, when we because you think about the South, especially for those up north, that's one of the things you think about because you're not experiencing it now. I would probably say that the people down south think about it less because you're so used to seeing it all the time, whether it's in mm-hmm. the truck window, uh, it's actually a flag on someone's antenna. Uh, for that matter, it's a flag in front of someone's house. And, you know, also putting the flag into a certain context along with that symbol is people say it's heritage. Again, we need to be real about this. The flag did come down after the Civil War. It came down just like just like the Union Jack did. The Stars and Bars came down. Uh, the actual uh, original Confederate flag came down because there's multiple Confederate flags. The Stars mm-hmm. and Bars is not the original Confederate flag. It has become, to, again, a symbol of the Confederacy, right? So it's the same thing in people's minds. But that flag did come down, and rightfully so. What happened was when Brown v. Board of Education went through, some of these southern states in direct defiance of Brown versus Board of Education, which basically was, you know, there's no more separate but equal when it's associated with education, with school. When that came down, their dissent towards that that, uh, ruling was, the South will rise again, and all of a sudden, state flags started over time changing from what they were to either be the Confederate flag, have the Confederate flag emblazoned on it Emblazed in it, yeah. It was a protest done at a statewide level. This is important because there's still black people in those states, and everybody knows South Carolina that's plenty of black folks in it. That's plenty of black folks there. Absolutely. There's plenty of black folks in it. The Mississippi flag to this day has the stars and bars in yep. Boston just emblazoned on it with the stars and bars. So, again, when they talk about heritage of the flag, the heritage of the flag is of slavery. The heritage of the flag is of a protest against integrating black children with white children. Later on, when the Voting Rights Act passed, giving me and my people the right to vote, as when we were born in this country, we didn't have the full right to vote, giving us the freedom to vote, the civil rights legislation that passed uh, roughly, what, 52 years ago? And then Mm -hmm. the Voting Rights Act uh, 50 years ago, this was directly in response to bringing about a level of equality, legal equality, towards a group of people who I brought another symbol in yesterday, have built this country. That's right. Black people built this country. Is is that fact? I mean, we're not in Texas here. So (laughs) black people built this country, and black people have died for this country whether it's during the Indian Wars, the Revolutionary War. How many Every war America has fought, we've been involved. So let's just put it in its simplest terms. We've been involved in all of them. So I bought Blood one of those symbols filled. with me yesterday. Yeah. And I shared that with the group because I want them to see how important symbols were. And everybody recognized the symbol. 
They knew what it meant. Symbols, because that's what symbols do. You don't have to say it. You can see it. You know it. You can feel it. And that's what happened with the symbol I bought. And I bought it. I tell you, those flags in that neighborhood and on everybody's house, I could feel that. My Me and my husband's attitude changed. Our daughter was sleep in the back seat, but I'm glad that, you know, she didn't have to witness that. And and we definitely well, felt that when 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 our car landed there and and saw that, we felt it and and we 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 understood that we needed to go the other way, go back. Well, symbols are important. And this it was is. a symbol that went down. This was in my mind, check mark in the win column. I'm very happy to see it there. I hope that over time other people will will be happy also. If we want to uh, do some other things, then let's build on this victory and go move towards those other things. You know, everything does not have the same time. Often you have to build up to it. You use what's happened in the past to build up on things for the future. And I believe that we should be, not that we have to because everyone is free to think whatever they want to think, but, yes, it is my preference, it is my belief that this is one that we should all be on one accord with, and then let's talk about what do we want to do next. I, again, I will remit, I will mention the LGBTQQPI folks because they don't rest on their laurels once one thing has happened. They celebrate. They get fast to work. And and get to the next victory. That's right. That is that is how it's done. Never, some how, might say they never take their nose from the grindstone. Y'all might be celebrating, but <laughs> it seems like it's an awful lot of work warriors in that on that movement that don't seem to take a break. They on oh, to the they, next. They, they do celebrate. Uh, let's not. They they do celebrate, and there's nothing wrong with celebrate. I'm just saying that yeah, they celebrate it, but then they get back to work. Oh, get along with uh, that, yeah. Because they know what's next. They have an agenda that they follow. They have an agenda, and so I would say, what is our agenda? Where should we go from here? What is next? Where should we take the momentum from this victory to go to the next victory? That's how you develop tactics, strategies to bring about the outcomes that you want. So what is the next thing that we tackle? Should we I believe it's I believe it's education at its fundamental level and that is to change the curriculum to integrate and incorporate African, African American history and culture throughout all curriculum in all publicly funded institutions. And as Texas is showing believe, us, they are already in the spirit of changing the curriculum. So well, why they're changing things, why they're being revisionists of history, and they're in the spirit of paying attention to the, to the education system, and they're they ready to change some things, let's make sure the choices are vast. And So we talked about the, the flag coming down, and there's much more discussion that we can right. do about the flag. I did want to take a moment. Yes, I want to spike the ball on this, spike the ball a little bit. I want to celebrate. Like every other group that has a victory, I wanted to celebrate a little bit. I'm celebrating. Yes, I am. <laughs> but there's also some other things in the news. And 
one of those. So what we just got through talking about was the Confederate flag coming down in of all places, the place that fired the first shot in the war, one of the first to succeed from the Union. The Confederate flag has come down in South Carolina, signed into law, I may add, by Nikki Haley, a Republican. Uh, Also, we had a descendant of Jefferson Davis who compassionately spoke on their state legislative floor about the need for that flag to come down. And I remember she said, you know, for those who aren't familiar, Rodney, help them understand who her ancestor was. Well, the Confederacy, you know, was said they were like basically a separate country from America. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. being that separate country from America, they needed to have leadership. And that leadership was Jefferson Davis. And so when you have it, it, it would sort of like being a descendant of George Washington saying something about the Star Spangled Banner. Absolutely. I just it, wanted it listeners who may not been may have you know the history doesn't get talked about in the news cycle. We saw her and passionately pleading with the with the with the body to do something significant, but a lot of people may not know who her ancestor was and what he did. And and I and that struck me. Like and basically saying, look, if I can see this, even Stevie Wonder should be able to see it. And none of y'all mm-hmm. are blind. So take your shades off and you 'cause you need to see this. And they and they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that her words had something to do with changing her words and you change know, hearts, don't know. Absolutely. And you know her her impassioned words, but I, you know, I'm also um, um, looking at the optic of their um, fellow public representative who lost his life at Mother Emanuel, and his space being covered in a black tarp this whole time, last three weeks. His his chair and his workspace has been covered by a black tarp. I you know I I see that and I I wonder what is you know what is that like for them who are there uh, having to do work and continue on to be that close to um, the results of. of you know, a terrible day, a terrible deed done on a terrible day. Um, I, I, I'm sure that helped sway a lot of the unswayable. Hey, how are you going to argue with that? You would hope. You would hope. But there were some people who, I mean, the vote wasn't 100%. Uh, no, it wasn't. It 60 amendments. Flag. What was it, 60 amendments? And if they had had one amendment go through they would have had to start over if one of those amendments one of those 60 amendments presented had gone through they would have had to start over in january where the media attention for sure would have died down and you know it would have been a, a much tougher job to get it done 
yeah, it wasn't a slam dunk. So uh, there are still people politically and maybe how they really feel about it who did not support it. But democracy uh, reigns supreme in this case. And Got well, rest is now in the history book. So that, that's yeah. our se- segment on the flag uh, coming down. Uh, another thing I wanted to get on, and if you notice, I didn't leave a whole lot of time for it, but I did want to discuss it, and that is Donald Trump's surge in the polls. When Donald Trump made his announcement, it was initially reported to us with a certain level of, should we say, ridicule, uh, humor, <laughs> almost as if it was satire. And guess what? Donald Trump currently is either second or first place in many Republican polls. He's speaking or was speaking in Las Vegas, Nevada, and then headed to Phoenix, Arizona, or Arizona. I think it's Phoenix. I'm not sure. And he's going to speak there. And what struck me about that is they said they needed to get a larger venue and now Donald supposedly has a lot of money. From a to a stadium. Not, I mean, this is no small shift either. There was a, you know, a good-sized room that they had prepared previously. But with all of this media attention and all of everything that's going on, they anticipate a crowd of like 10,000 folks. Now, that's that a lot of been, out there since yes, since early this morning, uh, waiting to get in to hear the Donald speak. I love that uh, that 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 they that he has people calling him the Donald. That's just too funny to me. But well, a lot of people taking him very serious. A lot of people not laughing. The Donald is is making a lot of traction, and not retracting one statement. In fact, double triple. Quadrupling down on uh, some of the statements he's made, in, in 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 spite of a lot of pressure to to do so, to to uh, back back down, he's been asked, you know, speculated that the uh, chairman of the RNC yesterday, Rance, uh, Rance, yes, had a phone call, and it speculated that he asked Donald to tone it down, which would be I can't see that, but okay, that's what they say they talk. You know, they were probably talking about. But as is, is just very interesting that uh, I, I will say this about Donald Trump. This is what I want to say that I. This is what I find interesting about the Donald Trump uh, movement that's going on right now. He is forcing people to uh not P- PC us. He he's taking the PC right out of the equation. He's leaving no room for PC. He ain't even left a corner for uh a corner of the room for the PC people. He's 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 like, no, I'm not gonna PC you. I'm not gonna soft shoe. And unfortunately, uh the young lady in San Francisco losing her life while walking on the pier with her dad, uh being shot by a Seven-time felon. He has seven felonies, and he's been deported from our country five times. 
has made you at least scratch your head and say, hmm, we're really dealing with something here. And with a federal agent's gun, nonetheless, like where did he get a federal agent's gun from? This is turning in, this has turned into a huge story that I don't even think Donald Trump thought would turn this way. Well, let's let's take a couple of things here, Angela, because what Donald Trump said was he talked about people coming into this country illegally. And what I find interesting about just him saying illegally entering this country is that oftentimes when we refer to people who cross into this country, regardless of what border it is, as undocumented. You know, the the, the verbiage has changed. It's yeah, not, that's our PC. Uh, yeah, we we PC and we're politically correcting everything. So he's taking the PC varnish right on off. So what I what one of the questions I have is: Are the people entering the country simply undocumented, and does undocumented mean illegally? And can we come up with a standard definition on it? Because you know when you start saying undocumented, no, they're not illegally undocumented. Well, are we being disingenuous in a discussion, and how can we be expected to make a proper decision if we don't mm-hmm. use proper terminology, if we don't call a duck a duck? Is it a duck? Yes. Now, all right, then we can decide on what we should do with the duck. And so that's one thing. Now, being an African-American, some people say, well, this doesn't involve you. Well, no, it doesn't involve me directly, but i tell you what. Those Haitians that might want to come in America to get turned away, and I'm not Haitian either, but they're black. And, yeah, I think about that. Uh, so how does this apply? What he said was he wanted to build up a fence or, or a wall, an impenetrable wall, and boy, can he build walls. It'll be the best wall ever. Optically, I don't like the idea of a wall. I think of a Berlin Wall and all the effort that went to bring down that wall. But at the same token, are people, I, I guess here's the question for me. Should we just say anybody who wants to come in can come in? Because if that's what we're saying, because that's sometimes what it sounds like, if that's what we're saying, then why are we spending so many of our tax dollars on border security, border guards? Why, why is that? Why do we even have a whole border department? Let's get rid of that. Why do we have ICE? Let's get rid of them. Let's save some money. For me, it comes down to what is. Are we going to let people just come to the, in the country? If the answer is yes, then let's save money and get rid of the Border Patrol, ICE, and a bunch of other uh, very extensive uh, entities. Let's get rid of it. If we're saying no, people just can't come across the border. Here's the reason why. Okay, now you've just justified it to me. Then we need to go to the next step. What processes will be set up for these people to come through? Because we know. I was, I was around when, of all people, almost the god of the Republican Party, when Ronald Reagan provided amnesty for those undocumented slash illegal folks, whoever they were, to come out of the shadows. When he did that, and he said that it would be stronger, this and that, and it would prevent it from happening in the future, and blah, 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 and this would eliminate the problem. We have even more people now. So right. Obviously, 
the God of the Republican Party actually did something that was not right, that did not help this country out. Now, I'm not against Ronald Reagan because I see some positives. I try to call the balls and strikes. Well, that, he, that was not a grand slam. It, it didn't go across the fence. You know, it didn't even make it to first base. He struck out on that one. So if that's the case, why would we think doing the same thing now would give us a different result? Kind of different outcome, yeah. So we need to, and and here's the issue that I have with politicians in general, and why I believe Donald is striking a chord. Politicians in general are actors. It's almost like going to a play or something. They put on this dog and pony show, this act for us, and they say the buzzwords in the primary, and then they totally change. In the general, it's almost like the Jedi mind trick and all the stuff that they said before doesn't exist. And then, like sheeple, we tend to fall right along with them because we're so devout to our party affiliation. Uh, Hillary Clinton is running for office, and they say, oh, don't worry about that stuff. We just need to get a Democrat in. The Republicans, however 2016, however many it is, they're running for office. Oh, well, let's just say that to get through the uh, primary so they can get to the general. Well, somebody's lying. And is it that lying just doesn't mean anything anymore? Because maybe that's where it is. And are the American people at that point where you expect, want our politicians to lie to us? Because if that's the case, I've often said that the, the best occupation to prepare for being the president of the United States is an actor. So that being what I said, and I'm sticking with it, then I can very easily see Donald Trump as our next president because what what did he do on TV? He was acting. Now, he may have been acting like his normal self. I don't know. But nevertheless, he was acting. I'm guessing he has a screen. Does he have a screen actor's guild card? Don't know because he was on reality TV. But he was acting. That's what they do is they act. They put together words that impact us, and then they get us to follow them. The government was set up for our representatives in the name represent our representatives to go and do our will. Let's get back to that. So that's why I believe whether you agree with him or not, Andrew, you hit it. He took the PC out of it, and he's telling it like, hey, we got these people coming across, and some of them are committing crimes. Some of them are terrorists. Some of them are sick. Angela. Before I forget, on the Confederacy, symbols, did you know that there is a place in Brazil that the Confederates relocated to and they hold annual Confederate uh, festivals? Part of that is putting on the Confederate uniform, flying the stars and bars, singing the old songs, saying the South will rise again and all of that heritage that we just read in South Carolina. Just wanted to make sure I got that out there. So back back to Donald. Donald Trump is moving in the polls because he has ideas and people want to have hear ideas, even if they don't necessarily agree with him. What he has done is he has changed the conversation. Because when nobody was talking about immigration and immigration reform, and immigration reform is dead, guess what people are talking about that? Immigration, immigration reform. Well, 
We are at the top of the hour. Our topics today was the Confederate flag comes down. And our second topic was Donald Trump surging. Donald Trump is surging in the polls. Uh, I heard a newscaster today say that Donald Trump would not win Nevada. I thought about Mm -hmm. that for a moment. I said, I wonder, and I'm guessing because of the registration of Democratic voters. Well, you know, one of the reasons why people say McCain may have lost, why Romney may have lost, is because some Republicans are just fed up with both of them and didn't come to the polls. Well, maybe some Democrats, some Republicans, even independents, are fed up with both. And Donald Trump becomes a viable alternative candidate for a protest vote. Remember Ross Perot? Now, Donald Trump is no Ross Perot because the things that Ross Perot predicted came true. Yeah. Uh, But Donald Trump has maybe even more money than Ross Perot had. And since it looks like he's not doing as much TV in the future as he's done in the past, apparently he's going to have some time on his hands. Maybe he's really serious about being president now. And maybe If he wasn't, he probably is now. If he wasn't in the beginning, he's probably very serious now because he lost about 15 of his other jobs. So he has a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time on his hands. Maybe. We should pay more attention because I can tell you, those other Republicans are paying attention. And, you know, I want to get back to the acting before we go off the air. Hillary Clinton is an actor. And what she's doing now is acting. And I know my Democratic friends out there are probably going to say some (laughs) negative things. Hillary Clinton is an actress. Okay. Hillary Clinton is an actor. I can't wait to see where you're going with this one, Rodney. Where we going? So, everybody, all of the pundits, the news media, et cetera, et cetera, are violating Tom Brokaw's rule is don't call it early because the American people are the ultimate arbiters in politics. But That's right. they have somehow forgotten what Tom Brokaw said and what they always do is, oh, don't let there be no mistake. It doesn't matter how many people are coming out to Bernie Sanders' events. It doesn't matter how much free publicity he's getting. None of that matters. It doesn't matter how many people are paying attention to Donald Trump. Um, Bottom line is what? The bottom line is Donald Trump will not be the nominee, nor will Bernie Sanders. It will be Hillary Clinton for the Democrats, And more than likely, not 100% on this, but more than likely, Jeb Bush for the Republicans. So then it makes you wonder, well, what's the point? So Hillary, they said the reason why Hillary is going out there now is not because she's worried about Bernie Sanders, but because she has to make it look like she's worried about Bernie Sanders. So people don't lose interest. This is about keeping, it's entertainment. It's about keeping eyeballs on it. So, is yeah, it political theater? She's a star in the, in the political in political theater now. What? A whole new genre of reality TV, <laughs> because it's been here mm-hmm. for a while. We need to call it what it is: the political process, <laughs> especially for pre- 
president in America is a real live reality TV show with cameras following them in their homes when they go out to eat, as they travel, and when they're meeting and greeting people. So you heard it right here on Our Own Voices Live from yours truly, Rodney Smith, that the presidential political process in America is a real live reality TV show that has and will have the highest ratings of any TV show until the election is over. Well, it's certainly the most, the 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 best funded reality TV show uh, in the history of TV shows. I mean, Bush raised one one hundred and three million dollars. And that's just. And when pet. you think about where they spend this money, Rodney, where's this money? Majority of it spent on ad dollars. Majority of right. that money is spent on ad dollars. And Bush has a hundred and three million dollars. And that I'm, doesn't include. That's just from his PAC. That doesn't include. That's the, the money super PAC money. By his campaign. And yep. when you look at that, and here's the other thing. Everybody tells us the, the professionals say that TV commercials, which is where the majority of the money goes into, TV commercials, staff and traveling, right? They say that the majority of the money that's spent on TV commercials is actually a waste because it does not change who people vote for. Well, if that is the case, again, why would you spend all that money on TV commercials? The reality TV show. There's a whole lot of people, corporations, in media that are making tons of money on this. So who, what better? I think I'm going a, I'm to a run for office so I can have cameras follow me around. And I can have my own reality TV show. Why Could you imagine if I declared my candidacy? I can. Nevada, Actually. Nevada is the state. And I'm not talking about just for president. You know, Harry Reid, Senator Harry Reid, is not running for re-election. Maybe I should declare my candidacy for his seat. For his seat? Uh, Why not? We have a, a congressman who... Uh, you are Joe a war Hester. veteran, Rodney. How many war veterans do we have as a part of the 535? I'm just saying. It can happen. So uh, reality TV, TV show, the presidential election, is the, like you said, Angela, it is the best-funded reality TV show money can buy. And that's what we're having. Hillary Clinton has already been ordained the nominee for the Democrats, and they're pretty close to saying it's Jeb Bush for the Republicans. And all of this other stuff in between now and then, especially now in the uh, primary, is all drama, all TV. There you have it, folks. I hope you heard you it here first. The show. <laughs> We've tried to talk about some serious things, and I did try to have a little fun with the political process. I do take Donald Trump seriously, and I suggest that all of you do the same, because he has changed the narrative. If nothing else, he has changed the narrative, and he doesn't have any show any signs of stepping out anytime soon. Imagine Donald Trump on the debate stage. Think about that, because I'm going to watch it, because I'm going to see it. Be the best TV of the week, Guaranteed. 
So our topic today was the Confederate flag comes down. Donald Trump surges. I hope that you will join us next week at 12.30 p.m. for the West Coast. 3.30 out east. As we bring another edition of Our Own Voices Live. I appreciate my co-host, Mrs. Angela Collins, for taking the time out, as I appreciate all of you for listening and sending me messages during the broadcast. I look forward to hearing your comments on the Our Own Voices Live uh, Facebook page and sharing with us and have this conversation with your circle. A big shout-out to all the folks that came out to the gathering yesterday. To the gathering yesterday. Similar discussion, but we had young people. We had... Teenage, a teenager and a preteen that was a monster. I uh, appreciate the parents for bringing them out and thinking that there was something that we had to share. And we took some pictures, and some of the pictures are up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post some more pictures later to show what the gathering looked like on the day that the flag was coming down because I wanted you to see a group of people, majority African-American, but not all. But that was the picture that not all sitting in one location peacefully having discussion, I can actually look my white counterparts in their eyes and didn't have to worry about getting hung. <laughs> or genital yeah. mutilation. I all was right. able to do that. I was able to sit down and I came in through the same door that they came in through and it was not the back door. I was able to sit wherever I wanted to sit. As a matter of fact, the maitre d A place was prepared for you. Absolutely. In fact, a a place was prepared for you and at a a location where you are held in high esteem and and folks look forward to you and your group coming in every Friday. So it was really a moment uh, yesterday where that really hit me, like, wow. And we had whites, we had blacks, we had Latinos. We didn't have Native American and Asians there, I don't think. I don't think. No, we did well, have we someone had Julia. Native she, American. She's Japanese. And she's part Japanese. Yes, so we, so, we had, so we were representing yesterday. That was in America yesterday. And we had every That's branch of the, of the service. Struggle. We had every branch yes. of the service at the table yesterday. That has has that happened at the gathering before? I don't remember if it had, but um, that was so nice that uh, every branch of service was was represented at the table, and so pleased to um, be there with us. We talked about everything from the flag. The flag was like the base, but we talked about PTSD. We talked about. Donald, we talked about immigration. In fact, we had an immigration lawyer at the table. We had two lawyers at the table, uh, one family law, one immigration, and uh, uh, a state uh, lawyer at the table. And we talked about everything, including the uh, high school. (laughs) We talked about Bishop Gorman. We talked about what's going on with uh, young people in sports since we had young people at the table. Um, our 16-year-old was impassioned. He talked. He talked on a, uh, many topics with us, and enlightened us to what they think about us. It was really good. What they think about the topics. What they think about 
what's going on in the world around them. It was amazing. It's a good day. So, and there'll be more good days. And it's time for this generation to build on what the previous generations have established for them, what they built. They've given us a really good foundation. So let's really build off of that foundation. And let's make let's make something. Let's claim this as our own as we claim this victory. No, the war is not over. The war is not over. But that battle, that battle in that state has been won. And if you look at the history of the Civil War, it went state by state. And with the fall of each state, it built the momentum for the fall of the next until ultimate victory was had. Let's claim this victory. I'm claiming it. I hope that you will, too. And, yeah, let's keep in mind that there were more people who died in the Civil War than any of our wars. So that's pretty astonishing um, history. And it was nice to see that flag lowered for the final time in South Carolina, the state where the first shot was fired, finally putting putting it in the museum, putting it away. Its time has come, and I'm glad that I was alive to see that time. Shouldn't have had to see the flag come up in the first place, but it did, and it took some work for it to come down. As Congress Absolutely. struggles with legislation associated with the flag on a national level. See, now we can use the momentum from South Carolina to help push them to make the right decision nationally. One thing is interrelated with the next. Let's use this victory. Let's push for more of what we feel that we need versus what people tell us they think they will allow us to have. So you listen to Our Own Voices Live. I am your host, Rodney Smith. And I am your other host, Angela Thomas. (laughs) And today's topic was the Confederate flag comes down, yay, and Donald Trump surges. We will be back next Saturday. In the meantime and in between time, go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook. You can also go to Our Own Voices on Twitter and leave your comments. And before we're back next week, Angela will be back on the air with another exciting episode, I believe, of Needle on the Record. Angela Thomas. Needle on the Record. Yep, Thursday, 6.30. And don't forget Brother Lee Vaughn with Real Radio, radio established to address life on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock East Coast time. So we try to bring it to you. And we're working on a show possibly with finance. Still not done yet, uh, but uh, we're looking at bringing you something because that is important. Our big push here is we need to invest in our black bank. And I'll probably say that every show. We need to invest in our black bank. We need to change the education curriculum in all publicly funded schools to include, incorporate, integrate African slash African American history and culture. We need to do this. We need to do this. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Take care, Angela. Later, Gator. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>